the hymn of the church. Amazing grace. Brought me safe. 
African-American Church and Transformation. Paul writes this epistle for both doctrinal and personal reasons. Doctrinally, Paul seeks to correct false teaching that had seeped into the church. Judaizers, legalist Christians of Jewish descent were teaching that to be saved, one must submit to a life of trying to earn salvation through works and submission to circumcision. And about that, Paul is clear. Anyone who tries to live by his own effort, independent of God, is doomed to failure. But beyond doctrinal Differences. these Judaizers had attacked Paul personally, which explains the personal response that comprises our text. Paul does not speak in terms of we or us. He speaks in personal terms. I, my, me, mine. Judaizers had tried to disparage Paul's integrity and accused him of using the gospel for personal gain. And most hurtful to Paul was that these were people that he had done the most for. Now, my brothers and sisters, if you've ever tried to help somebody, then one of the things that you learn along the way is that it's the ones you do the most for that will break your heart. I've been pastoring people now for 36 years, and there have been many times that I've gone out of my way to help people. I've cut vacations short. I've gotten off of my sick bed to help people. I've gone into the jail and into the prison and into the penitentiary to try to help people. I've come to the hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning to try to help people. I've gone into troubled homes and put myself in harm's way trying to help people. I've 
gone into my pocket and spent the little money that I had trying to help people. And I ain't saying that because I'm looking for a medal. That's what I should do. But I can tell you that it's a hurting thing when the people that you've tried to help do their best to hurt you. But when I feel like that, I'm reminded of what Paul tells us in this very epistle. Let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. What Paul describes here in this personal testimony of his commitment to Christ and to the Christian walk is transformation that has taken place in his life. And this is the crux of our message today. On this final Sunday of Black History Month, the Holy Spirit invites us to turn our attention to the African-American church and talk about the need for us to walk in transformation. This same Paul counsels us in Romans chapter 12 to not be conformed to this life, but to be transformed as a result of our submission to the Lordship of Christ and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And the instruction is clear. We can't be transformers in our world if we have not been transformed by Christ. It is this transformation that Paul exhibits in his response to the personal attacks that came against him. Paul was hurt by the attacks he endured, but he doesn't let his hurt overrule his love. And when you can love people that hurt you, that's evidence of transformation. The African-American church is under attack. And one of the hurtful things about it is that it's being attacked by people and systems it has tried to help. Yes. It's being attacked by people who have left and gone to the oppressor's church yes. because they think that that's what so-called enlightenment has led them to do. It's being attacked by progressives who think that the black church has outlived its usefulness and is out of step with the times. It's being attacked by people that believe that the approach to our social ills demands that we strip ourselves of what they call spiritual mythology and embrace an intellectual approach or a purely economic approach or a retaliatory approach as the remedy to what ails our people. But if we would heed the words of this text, Paul speaks for the African-American church in personal terms that are helpful to us in maintaining transformation. Here, Paul, as he says to his accusers in so many words, you've challenged my sincerity, you've questioned my motives, you've scrutinized 
my intentions. You've accused me of using the gospel for personal gain. You've labeled me a hypocrite. But my response is to affirm the very thing that I have taught from the beginning of my walk with Christ. And that is Christ has changed my life. I have been crucified with Christ. And as a result of that experience, my ego is no longer central. It's no longer important that I appear righteous before you or that I even have your good opinion. I'm no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. And the life that you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My brothers and sisters, it's only when we live what we profess that we know that transformation has taken place. Consider what Paul says here and how it helped the African-American church. First, consider that transformation means that we live under Christ's protection. Paul says that I've been crucified with Christ. That's very different from saying I've died with Christ. He he goes beyond death. He says I've been crucified with Christ. Crucifixion involves more than death. It involves suffering and humiliation. And there's nothing pleasant about suffering and humiliation. But the impact of Paul's statement is not the word crucified, it's the word with. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. Paul is telling us that transformation means that Jesus is our companion in times of suffering. And my brothers and sisters, there's a big difference between suffering for and suffering with. And Jesus does both. Jesus suffered for us. For I heard Isaiah say he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. I heard this same Paul say God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. I heard Jesus say of himself, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. But more than suffer for us, the African-American church must remember that Jesus also suffers with us. I will be with you always even to the end of the world. And because Jesus is with us, we are beneficiaries of his protection. Then the African-American church must remember that transformation means that we live under Christ's empowerment. For where Jesus dwells, there is supernatural power and supernatural power helps us to cope with things that we could not deal with on our own. 
Jesus dwelling in Paul enabled him to love people who were trying to destroy him. Jesus dwelling in Paul gave Paul the courage to forgive those who had wronged him in the past. Jesus dwelling in Paul buttressed Paul as he faced down demons and spoke truth to power. And what Jesus did for Paul, he's willing to do for us. Paul says that the power of Jesus is transforming. Hear him. The life you see me living is not mine. It is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And just like Paul, the African-American church must understand that life becomes worth living when we know that Jesus has transformed us. Jesus indwelling shifts our vision from one of personal fulfillment to wanting to please the creator. Jesus indwelling anchors us and holds us safe when the storms of life threaten to tear us apart. Jesus indwelling permits us to look for the good in people who believe that there is no good in us. Jesus indwelling perpetually renews our hope even in the most negative of circumstances. Jesus indwelling gives us the strength to turn the other cheek and bless those who curse us. Jesus indwelling frees us from the burden of having to live up to somebody else's artificial standard of success. Jesus indwelling, transforming, revisioning power reminds us of what our purpose is. And our purpose is to let our light so shine before men and women that they will see our good work and give glory to our Father in heaven. Finally, Paul says that transformation means that we live under Christ's provision. And what Christ has provided is grace and mercy. If the African-American church is going to fulfill Christ's charge to to go and make disciples, if the African-American church is going to maintain its efficacy, if the African-American church is going to continue to be a station of hope in a world of despair, then we must never stray far from what Christ provides for us, grace and mercy. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Grace is God's unmerited favor. Grace is God choosing to love that which is utterly unlovable. Grace is God choosing to see us as something that we are not so that he won't have to deal with us as we are. Grace is God choosing to look past our rebellion and reconciling us back to himself. Grace is God choosing to not look at us directly, but to look at us through the filter that is Jesus Christ. Paul says that that grace is the only way that I could have made it. I couldn't achieve it under my own steam. I, I didn't measure up to God's standard, but but I'm glad that I've learned that I don't have to live 
up to God's standard. Jesus bridges the gap between where I am and where I should be. Jesus changes my labor from an effort to achieve something to a labor of thanksgiving, responding to what he has done for me. Jesus estranges me from my sin and unites me to his perfection. I thank God for his grace. But then beyond grace, I thank God that he's provided mercy. You know, some of y'all just like grace. Grace is what God gives at the start. But when you've run out of grace, when you've worn grace out, when you've torn grace asunder, I'm glad that God has a plan B to grace. And that plan B is mercy. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I don't, I don't think I'm the only one who wakes up thinking I'm going to do one thing and ends up doing something else. I'm not the only one who says what he knows he shouldn't say and does what he knows he shouldn't do and thinks what he knows he shouldn't think. I'm not the only one who turns away from the goodness of God and tries to do his own thing. But I'm happy today that when grace can't hold me, there's mercy. Mercy that looks beyond my fault and meets my need. Mercy that gives me another chance. Mercy that plucked my feet from the miry clay and planted me on the solid rock of salvation. Mercy, Mercy. keeps giving me another chance. The African-American church has to live in transformation. You have to recognize that, that you are what you are, not because of you, but you are what you are because God has been good to you. I'm looking at, at some folk in here right now, small crowd that it is, I'm looking at some folk. God has blessed you. God has blessed you richly. God's given you money and God's giving you health, and God's giving you strength, and God's giving you a job, and God has blessed you greatly, but, but don't you ever forget that it ain't because of you. It ain't because of your wisdom, ain't because of your insight, ain't because of your intellect. God has blessed you so that you can be an agent of transformation. Somebody's hungry and they need to be fed. Somebody's lost and they need to be found. Somebody is walking in darkness and they need to be drawn to the marvelous light. God didn't just bless you for you. God blessed you so you could bless somebody else. So make up your mind that as you walk, you want the world to see Christ as you talk, you want the world to hear Christ. As you act, you want the world to feel Christ. Christ is all. Christ is everything. Christ is the one who delivers. Christ is the one who makes it all possible. Don't ever stray away from Christ.
He's the agent of our transformation. Lord God, we thank you for a word that reminds us that we have been blessed and blessed richly. And because of your blessing, we are able to stand. But Lord, help us to stand in the right way. Not simply seeking to please folk, but to please you. That we might serve people as you have served us. That we might heal people by the touch of Christ in their lives. That we might be that which people need us to be so that they might see Christ and might come to glorify his name. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. Now, dear God, we open the doors of your church. If there's some man, woman, boy, or girl who after having been a part of this worship experience would need, recognize their need to accept Christ as their savior, we pray that something that has been said or done would touch their hearts and cause them to give their lives to you. We ask it only in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake we pray. Amen. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. For his guys may turn gray. And I don't worry
the mountain touch touch the sky 